Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Post Analog Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Post Analog Podcast with uh, yours truly, Charlie, aka Charlie Love Soul, formerly known as that. With my co-host NQS, Nathan Quentin Sabakiji. And on the last episode, I featured music all over the map that came out in the 2000s. But for this episode, here's a few records from one of the most creative, soulful, and hip-hop influence groups. They're called Sara. Check out their album and EP releases like The Nuclear Evolution, The Second Time Around, and The Hollywood Recordings. Up first, The Bone Song.
Now that was some of their R&B type tracks, but for now, here's a little bit more of the down-tempo soul. This track right now is featuring Bilal, Sweet Sour You. I sat on my rooftop and rode a And thought about you, I could just eat you up. Sour you The taste of you I could just eat you up Sweet sour you I wanna save the place. Inside 
So to cap the Sara playlist and show you their range, they have that MPC swing, that drum sound, like the joint that's playing on the background right now. A minimal metronome melody. It's called Melody in Minor. And then they have so much um, range, as I mentioned. I'll cap it off with a bossa nova joint called Space Fruit.
Now on the last show, Nathan and I spoke about how we got into music. Now we're going to talk about how we got involved and then how we fell off because it's a natural thing to burn out when you're so involved and you love something so much. Sometimes you just have to play it not too high and not too low. And eventually how we got back into this podcast. Enjoy. So basically on the first episode, we talked about like how we got into hip hop Mm -hmm. and music though. We were mm-hmm. definitely. Um, oh, cheers! By the way, uh, cheers. Uh-huh. How, we were definitely the cats that like got into like that new wave UK scene. If you don't mind moving the mic a little closer yeah, yeah. to you, absolutely. So now, um, I lost touch probably around '94. Like, remember we were talking yeah. about our herb magazine, yeah, saying like, "Oh, hip hop is whack," yeah, and I really felt that, yeah. It was and is this is pre-internet people. So mm-hmm. when did you lose touch as far as for listening? Because I know you were producing and you were talking about that on the last pod too. You know, so this conversation has come up a lot lately among the crew. And I've noticed that we all range between ninety-two to ninety-six. My buddy is like the fall off. The fall off. My buddy's like, dude, and it's true. He was listing off some jams that came out in like 94 or 95 and he's like you can't tell me hip-hop was dead if this came out at this time you know and he made a pretty strong argument and prior to that i was 92 after 92 after we got out of high school it was a rap you know for hip-hop but i think you're the perfect middle ground because again he made some pretty strong arguments so i'm willing to compromise and split the difference so you might be right at like 94 um because there were some some heat coming out, but yeah, it's basically mid '90s, hip hop was uh, it was it was a rap. And when mm-hmm. and and for me, I was training this guy named Alex, mm-hmm. and then I, I told him that guy I'm not into music anymore. Yeah, uh, not even hip hop, just music at yeah. all. Yeah, and I really thought it was because we were in our 30s mm-hmm. or late 20s mm-hmm. and this is just part of the evolution this is why people yeah. lose touch yeah and the he first introduced me to jay live mm-hmm. and it took two three years after listening to jay live mm-hmm. um and i know there was a period where you were producing mm-hmm. but when you were producing music were you listening as much or were you so far concerned about producing music and DJ. When you're producing music, the great thing about it is you're not listening to hip hop, but you're listening to the roots of hip hop. And what I mean by that is when you start producing, you're digging for samples, you're digging for breaks. So by default, you're actually listening to 60s jazz, 70s soul, you know what I mean? 80s electro funk, 90s early hip hop. You're all over the place because you're digging for breaks. So you're listening to the source of where hip hop was sourced, you know? So I think once you you fall down that rabbit hole and let's say you hear the original song that Tribe used on this one track and you hear, and then you start to understand how Q-Tip flipped the sample, then the original song starts to become more interesting than the song that it sampled, if that makes sense. So then, so that's why I kind of stopped just listening to hip hop. I was falling down the rabbit hole of, where hip hop was pulling sort and, roots from, you know. And then you were talking about mm-hmm. from episode one where you got into graphic design and then photography. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what what was the period? We don't have to. You have to. You don't have to be specific years yeah. wise, but there was a definite drop off from music, right? Because we all recently just started putting each other on. Shout out to Presto yeah. Chris for being in the text thread. Yeah, of sharing music. I think for me, it's just I got um, I got interested in visual arts, right? So this is 2008. I do remember the time specifically mm. because it was when the recession hit. And how old were you then already? Uh, fuck. When were you born? 74? 74. So this is 2008. Okay. Whatever, 34 or something? 36? Yeah, somewhere around there. So mm-hmm. let's say uh, definitely my 30s for sure. 34. 34. 34. You're, I'm, and I'm the Asian. So what happened was like, I was at this job for 11 years. 
I had it so good at that job that I literally had a studio in my cubicle. I would run my record label and produce beats all day at my nine to five, you know? That's how locked in I was. I was gonna ride that job till the wheels fell, fell off. In 2008, when the recession hit, I'd been at the job so long, I survived four rounds of layoffs. Like everybody got hit by that one. But the fifth round, I finally got the, they had to let me go after being at this company for 11 years. Um, but I, cause I was there for so long, they gave me a huge severance package where I was like, all right, fuck it. Like I could chill for a bit. Like I'll go to art school. I, I need to f- switch it up anyways. You know, why not? So that's when I went back to art school. Cause I just had now time on my hands and the money to do it. So I'm like, let me just do that, you know? And then when I went to art school, one of the first classes I took in going to school for design, ironically, was a photography class. And the guy who taught that class was so passionate about photography, you couldn't help but catch his vibe or bug. His passion, it was like infectious, you know? Um, He was just a really good teacher. I mean, you understand photography and look out the world totally different. Like he was that dude, you know? And uh, so right out the gate, I was hooked on photography. Once I started shooting, it was it was a wrap. And then so then I just kept going with that. So the moral of the story is my passion just kind of shifted from music to visual arts, specifically photography. And I was having so much fun with that. Of course, music's still a part of the mix, but now it's a little bit on the back burner. Okay, I'm not Uh trying to turn this into an interview of you, but I'll put give my input too. Mm -hmm. But and I'll give my answer to this question. Uh Hindsight Mm -hmm. was part of it just because of aging, because our audience is people who like used to used to listen to Tribe, Biggie, but they just lost. They had two kids, three kids, yeah, and something else became their priority. Mm Because you're not trying to buy music. Yeah. Especially when you can stream it now. Yeah. But I still buy music because we're putting together the pod and I can't just go on Spotify at 128 kilobits. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. in hindsight, do you think a lot of it had to do with age also? Aside from just the interest shifting to something visual? I'll bring this up and I'm going to put Presto on blast for mm. this. Good blast. No, probably a bad blast. Oh, okay. But <laughs> that's my boy. Yeah. I get to do that, yeah. you know? When he came to town last and we had the opportunity to see Robert Glasper with a full orchestra at Disney Concert Hall and Presto shut that down, that was hard. And the reason being is as we mature, it's not that we don't want to still participate in the music and the culture of it. It's just that we don't necessarily want to go to a bar with a bunch of 20 somethings who are just getting fucking shit faced drunk and being annoying while you're just trying to enjoy the music. So I think as we matured, we just kind of like our definition of a night out slightly changed. Now, rather than do the previous thing I just said, I would rather go to Disney concert hall with a nice drink, with my boys Maybe and watch lifted. lifted, of course lifted, and uh, watch a great modern jazz concert with this guy and a fucking full orchestra, and even more so, Presto Presto made this a non-selling point, but to me it was a huge selling point. He's like, I don't want to see Robert Glasper because the last time I saw him, he got drunk and just started rapping Wu-Tang songs, you know? Now, when he told me that, he's just like, at the chance of that happening again, fuck it, you know? But I'm like, that would be fucking rad. Like, that's unexpected. Like, in fact, you're just selling me more on this idea. Like, let's absolutely go. So things just change. We just have a different definition of a fun night out, musically. I think also there's something about the stage of having kids. Mm-hmm. And this is a single guy talking, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. I feel there's something about with his stage of his child versus your child mm-hmm. where you're a little bit more frumpier mm-hmm. about going out because yes. you're still raising the child where mm-hmm. at this point you're just the mom and dad cliff notes. How old is your daughter? She's going to be 21 this year. Okay. Yeah. So, and I assume Pre- Presto's daughter is what, 13? No, not even that. Like 10, yeah. 11, 12? Yeah. Maybe? Really a lot younger. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal with that. That's mm-hmm. where I feel mm-hmm. 
he's still at that like cigar slippers in a robe stage uh-huh. where he's like, get off my lawn, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you're a little bit freer because your daughter's well above 18, yeah. is in a stable relationship, yeah. working. Yeah. So you're you're ready to, to like maneuver the night. Yeah. Where with him, it needs to be stable, set, because otherwise yeah. I'm not fucking going out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's true. And, that, and kids do do that, you and, know? And by the way, I'm yeah. single mm-hmm. to, abort- to abortions deep. No, and like Presto too, his daughter, you got to keep in mind, his young child had to go through a pandemic where she was no longer going to school. And that's weird. And now I'm just home all day, you know? And now it's my parents' job to entertain me. Like, really entertain me because I have, I can't be around anybody. I can't imagine how hard that was. And I feel fortunate that my daughter was at a stage where it was like, how do I say, she's not a young child, you know, like, like uh, Presso. So with Presso, he's got that added level of responsibility, you right. know? So that makes it really hard. I get it you know why you know he's more like you said uh what's the word get you off use? my lawn get off my lawn just so, so, and you live in the border of eagle rock in mm-hmm. glendale mm-hmm. i live in glendale so mm-hmm. downtown disney or that the, the music hall mm-hmm. is not far it's not yeah. and we've done many almost dui driving yeah in our time so that's that's easy that's short and, yeah. and you're like right by the two yeah yeah so it's an easy <laughs> drive for yeah you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Literally. And I live like, if there's no traffic lights, I've been here in a minute and a half. Yeah. So yeah. I don't live far from no. you. We're but he's coming from San Diego. Yeah. That's, yeah, I'm good. So that, that's the other. So let me answer the question. Mm-hmm. I really thought music was going to be behind. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, that was a phase. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep in mind, excuse me, audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, I'm already feeling a little buzzed. Dude. Uh, Seltzers. Seltzers, bro. Dude, for you who's listening, I'm diabetic. You haven't even touched. My second yeah, one. Yeah, and you're in one. Uh-huh. For, for you who's listening, I'm diabetic. Yeah. And the, the first recording Nathan and I had, I tested my blood sugar. I was like in the 120s. Mm-hmm. I was like cyborg diabetic <laughs> yeah. still. So thank you for introducing yeah. me to Seltzers. Yeah. So anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I thought it was a phase. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's right. Mm-hmm. That, the 20s is the music phase. Mm-hmm. We were going to a particular promotion yeah. that we don't want to go to anymore because it's kind of like that group of mm-hmm. people who are stuck. Mm-hmm. They have their hip-hop mullet trying mm-hmm. to be relevant. Yeah. But even the chicks, they were either hot for their age mm-hmm. or pot-bellied fat chicks. Yeah. So I couldn't like, what's the incentive? Yeah. And hot girls don't listen to that music. Yeah. To hip hop at least. Yeah. So we don't go to that event, which we have other homies that are like, dude, it's that time to go yeah. to that event. And we're like, no. Yeah. That's like. We were at like the cha-cha lounge spending 300 bucks on drinks getting smashed yeah. in downtown yeah. LA. That's yeah. what we'd rather do. Yeah. But. To answer your question, I really thought it was a phase. Mm-hmm. But the one critical movie, I don't know if you've seen it. I think mm-hmm. you told me you haven't seen it. Is Almost Famous. I've still never seen that movie. You have to see it. Yeah. Because when I saw that movie, it was about the rock journalist who mm-hmm. was following um, Led Zeppelin or Jefferson Airplane. Mm-hmm. And it brought me back. This is like the early 2000s. Yeah, now I really want to see it. That's a hard sell. I like, I mean, I'm excited, like. And because of that movie, that's mm. when I started working for Good Vibe. I sought a job mm. to work for Good Vibe. That's sick, dude. It's because of that movie. Damn, I'm really going to see this movie now. This no, weekend. it's amazing. Okay. That's so, sick. So because of that movie where it mm. top, it, you see the feeling of people who are on stage, then I go, okay. Mm-hmm. And we're not even talking about Sarah yet and this yeah. and that. But you know what really helped? Was um, when I was throwing events at the Conger Room, getting mm-hmm. when you, me, Chris, yeah. who's Presto, who we're referring to, who really should have been the third MC, mm-hmm. but you know yeah. he's in San Diego. Yeah. It's a long. He passed, yeah. which is fine. Yeah, 
your loss, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. But it was just one of those cases where, dude, if you're promoting the roots, mm-hmm. you're promoting Sarah. Yeah. And then also I was like promoting Son Mayor, like all the dope like salsa and cumbia acts. Yeah. Because of Almost Famous. Wow, dude. That's nuts, dude. If you watch it, uh-huh. maybe I hope, this uh-huh. is me being selfish, that you see why I got voraciously back into music. Okay. It was really critical. Damn. Like, I cannot wait to see this movie now. It's really a ridiculously uh-huh. great movie. It's about okay. a music journalist. Okay. And just his ride through all of that. Yes. Okay. So, um, and with that said, because out of the crew, I got into broadcasting while mm-hmm. you guys were producing. Yeah. I got into record label, the, mm-hmm. the label aspect. Though you guys were putting out your own independent yeah. uh, releases Stuff. with distribution. Yeah. Very movie-like, now that yeah. I'm getting into film. Yeah. Very movie-like, by yeah. the way. And... I just fell in love with broadcasting. Yeah. Interviewing people, talking to people. Yeah. So you guys were the musical creative side. I yeah. was like the interviewer. Yeah. And the music player. And then again, and I haven't seen the movie, but you're just saying like you're inspired by a movie about a music journalist, you know? And I'd say that's a pretty accurate description of what I see you having a passion for, you know? You like the music, but you like the stories behind the music sure. too, you know? And uh, it's fun, man. You know, like, but go ahead. I- I'm curious to see uh-huh. after you watch it mm-hmm. what your thoughts are. Because mm-hmm. I am selling it pretty hard. No. Because it turned. No, I'm like, I swear to God, I'm going to watch that movie this weekend. Right. For sure. Like Th- That would yeah. be interesting. Mm-hmm. But so the brewing uh-huh. of the two th- late 2000 and 2010s, there was this weird thing happening, like Joint Smag. Mm-hmm. Came out. What is Asia Shane's uh, online webzine? Oh, yeah. um, Forgot now. God, we're brilliant. I know. Um, I can... Futurama or no? That's a cartoon. <laughs> 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 it's the Seltzers. I don't. Re- I know exactly what you're talking you know about. What? I'm just gonna look it up. Yeah. Um, oh wait, I put it on airplane mode. Mm-hmm. So I'll just edit this out. Yeah, it's going to bug me, too, if we don't, like, uh, figure it out. What you... Hey, bro, I think it's the phone that was Is causing it? the static. Fuse ecology. Mm-hmm. So, so there were some... Mm-hmm. There was several... It was a listing of live events. I think that's really responsible mm-hmm. for me maintaining. Yeah. Because... Uh, in a good way, like, I think it's not that you guys lost touch, mm-hmm. but within the last five to ten years, I want to say I was the one that was digging hard out oh, of the crew. Oh, for sure. Right? Like, ugly. Uh-huh. So. Harder than we ever did. Like, I know you're you're in the fucking. I spent. Yeah. I spent. Down there. For a 46-year-old, I spent about. 30 to $50 a month in music. That may yeah. not sound a lot. No, but but it's a lot of digging. And it's and it's not quantity, it's quality. So I know that what you were getting was like it's got to meet so many check boxes to be even collectible, you know? And you know what's tough, bro, oh. is cuz I just can't settle into streaming. Mhm. Because we have this pod. Yeah. I got to have the physical or the digital music. Yeah. To source yeah. and put together. So the conga room, there were mm-hmm. many a nights that you and I were getting shit faced. Did you mm-hmm. did that feel like the return to music? Or it was just like all music's there and we're drinking with my boys. Partying with my boys. It was about it was more about our friendship, you know, for sure. Because I mean, honestly, even without right now. We're kicking it. There's not a there's not music being played at this moment, but we're having a good time. We just walked to Ralph's and got beers, you know? I think it, it was about just spending quality time with friends. But as the cherry on the cake, we were all into dope shit. You know, we were like, let's go hear some dope shit. You right. Know? So that made it even fucking better, you know? Um, so yeah, hanging out with uh going to the conga room, having drinks, hanging out, like, fuck yeah, dude. Great times, you know what I mean? 
and at an age where you could still drink pretty much without consequences. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, yeah, dude, we had a, we had a good time. Yeah. So for me, that's where I started ramping up. That's when Bandcamp came out yeah. and SoundCloud came out. Mm-hmm. I did not like buying from iTunes, though I still bought. Mm-hmm. But I was so pissed off that you would have to reset all your purchases to the kilobit rate mm-hmm. to 320. Mm-hmm. They automatically sold everything at 128. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, if I play this on air at Sirius mm-hmm. or at Dash, it's like, this is going to sound stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's so thin and yeah. Well, which, by the way, we should talk about the dash time when mm-hmm. we were going to that. That, that sa- those Saturdays were fun to look mm-hmm. forward to because mm-hmm. the shit talking continued from the car, yeah, into, <laughs> the, into the radio yeah. station, yeah, and then we were filming it, which yeah. is amazing, yeah, you know, yeah. So it was like it was like a good release of Saturday. Yeah. So to me, I labeled the fusicology years mm-hmm. the Sara Fella Kuti years. Yes. Okay. Because it yep. felt like we were. Out. Yeah. Music was the background. Yeah. But it was the gathering of the crew. Yep. Was the more important thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a... And that's the thing. We wanted to rep our crew. You know what I mean? Like, sure. We rolled through. We rolled deep. but And we rolled just heavy. Like, we were heavy hitters. All of us, you know? So, from all the way from... You know, Conga Room promotions and the, the people you're pulling in and working with Good Five, who's a super hot fucking label. And then fucking Presso's killing it with his label. I'm doing shit with fucking mine. Like, and we were all, and then we're all hanging out. parties yeah, together like, for release on. parties. Yeah. It's fucking, it doesn't get in LA. You know what I mean? Right. In LA. Like, so it, during the G Funk era. We had our own little era, and we are our own little following, and and it was dope, dude. I I, I have a theory, and I want you to react to it. Uh huh. If it weren't for like elements like joints, mag, fusicology, mm-hmm. and promoters all across, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be as intensely still in touch with music. That's my theory. If it weren't for those three elements. Joints yeah. Magazine, mm-hmm. Fusicology, and that the promoters like, um, you know, from Chinatown, uh, pre-Boombox, mm-hmm. it was uh, even pre-Soul Sessions, it was Daryl. He was throwing, I forgot the... Uh, Firecracker? Yes, thank Firecracker. you. Firecracker. Uh-huh. Firecracker, Popcorn on Sunset. Yeah. You know, um the, those were the integral parts. J Logic. Yeah. You know, Gar Trinidad's show, yeah. uh, Chocolate, Chocolate City. City. Um, Jason Bentley's Metropolis. Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Shortwave Radio. Yeah. I, I think those, for us Angelinos at yeah. least, those like four or five elements is what kept us in touch. Yeah. We weren't as deep, yeah. but we felt the music. Yeah. Well, what's your reaction to that? I thought that was critical. Yeah. And then we wanted to see where it was going. It's almost like, how can I say it? In a way, it's not that we left it, but we passed the baton and like, here you guys. Like, we've done our part in putting it out. Let's see what you do with it. And then we just stood back, you know, fucking B-boy stance, arms crossed. And we're like, what you got? You know? Right. And then some would impress us, some wouldn't, you know? But the ones that would... You know, we were like, okay, this is something new. This is going in a different direction. This is exciting. And then we would get excited, you know? So I think, yeah, that's why it's just passing a baton. That's all it was. Like, let's see what these kids got, you know? And also, I remember, like, going to KCRW, dropping off your vinyl and Mm. Presto's vinyl. Yeah. And Jason Bentley was like, okay, uh... Maybe he didn't say this. Mm-hmm. I want the Kim Hill first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With okay. Noel Zancanilla scratching. Yeah. I want the J- I want that first. Yeah. And there was a hierarchy behind it, but it was mm-hmm. so charming because, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, Rilo. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I like mm-hmm. this because to- yeah. you put out some stuff with Tony. Yep. Uh, under the. Uh, I think Tony called it mechanique, but it's mechanic. Mechanic, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, and I was like, mm-hmm. 
becoming the Ari Gold <laughs> as an entourage reference. Yeah. The Ari Gold to both you and Presto. Oh, for sure. I mean, even putting together videos, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Eight millimeter uh, cameras. Yeah, exactly. Camcorders. Yeah. You know, so that's when I was just like, huh. Okay, well, at least Nathan and Chris are putting out music. Mm-hmm. And I'm becoming like Ari Gold. Mm-hmm. I think also in the crew, you're the best storyteller. You know what I mean? A bullshitter. No, just great storyteller. You know, it's like we always love, like you tell me some of the fucking funniest story. Like I would never repeat some of them, but like, like stories of friends is just being single now, you know? And like telling me like, Nate, it's not, it's a whole different level in your thirties and forties in a online dating or like just some of the stories you've told me, they're just fucking like they should be movies you know what i mean they're fucking so entertaining and like hilarious and just the delivery and maybe it's from listening to comedians and podcasts and you just got that delivery down and that's an art you know so now we're off to recommending this group sarah Mm -hmm. so well you and i compiled a lot of their best stuff right Mm -hmm. and we're not gonna do like a 20 list we're probably just gonna do like six seven eight songs yep just so they can concentrate on Sarah. Yep. Cheers again for the Cheers. next segment. Yeah, boom. So, we were talking about fusicology, the promoters, mm-hmm. us being the LA nightlife, and then we yeah. fell off, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the important thing is, there was this, like, Miss Jack Davey, Kim Hill, they were, they were like these black musical hipsters that yeah. came out. Mm-hmm. And then this group, came out and i was just like who the fuck are these guys yeah because they were pretty bugged out yeah yep that's and, the best way to describe them you mm-hmm. know and then you and i you know just recently listened just to be up to date with why sarah is kind of revered and why we want to recommend it to the audience who lost touch with music yeah um I was doing research, mm-hmm. and it turns out they've been together in the 90s, mm-hmm. but they didn't start putting stuff out late until like 2006, 2007. That's crazy. I didn't know about them till almost 2008, nine. I want to say. Maybe even... Yeah. You know, so I was late mm-hmm. to Sarah, Sarah, but I only knew about them because I was throwing events at the Conga Room. Yeah. How did you hear about them? Probably listening to like Giles Peterson, like probably heard him and ironically, yours discover UK or up and coming US artists seem to get more love first in Europe before making it back in the States. So I probably, I feel like I heard him on Giles Peterson's show for some reason, you know? And then I was just like, God damn, what's this? You know? And then it's like, oh, they're from the US. They're called Sara. One guy looks like a hipster. One guy looks like he's a member, a f- fifth member of X Clan or something. You know what I mean? Right, like, Shafiq Hussein. Yeah, you know. So I was just like, all right, this is different. Like, cool. Like Taz Arnold is the yeah. hipster. Yeah, yeah. Shafiq Hussein is like, yeah, X Clan. X Clan, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so. then um, Omas Keith. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him on that uh, making a band show with uh, on Puffy. Oh, so he's definitely the crossover dude. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of like both R and B commercial, but mm-hmm. really creative. Yeah, and they and that chemistry worked. In that chemistry, the I guess the niche they found was they found a new lane. Let's just say that, and that's what made them important. They definitely carved a different lane. And we had this conversation many moons ago, and you probably mm-hmm. don't fucking remember it. Mm-hmm. Um. They were the anti-quantized champions. They used mm. the MP, yeah. and they did not want to quantize. They loved like being kind of off. And for- they, yeah, and actually, and that's the tr- the truth is, I think that's Dilla's influence because Dilla was yeah, King Dilla, obviously predated them, and that's Dilla's whole. How can I say it? And not not to imply that Sara is like a Dilla knockoff. But they took some of Dilla's ideas, unquanti- you know, not quantizing beats being one of them, 
and then carved their own lane from that. They took it a little bit different, but the roots are definitely Dilla, you know, because right. everybody quantized their shit. You it's know? it's kind of like you know how stand up comics influence other comics, mm-hmm. so they're kind of like kids of Dilla. Yeah, exactly, know? and and uh, kids that grew up to be awesome. You know what I mean? Like uh, Dilla would be a proud parent, basically. Let's just say that because they took his sound and and were like. Okay, we're going to do this with it, you know? Should so. we do a Dilla episode? Absolutely. But yeah. we have to be well-researched oh, and yeah. give an opinion aside from like, he's the dope, the greatest. Oh, no. No, we're, yeah. Sorry, guys, that's my fourth seltzer in. No, no, it's, so I'm, hey, again, cheers. I'm drunk a lot and burping a lot. No, Dilla's, you know. Which you, which we'll do an episode yeah, on that, but you and I have to be prepped oh, yeah. about that. But, um... Now that we've been hyping Sarah, we may actually distract you away from Sarah mm-hmm. because the one common thing is uh, Nathan played this track for me, which I think we should also feature DJ Mitsu. Yeah, for sure. Because it's, it's called yeah. What About the 2000s? Yeah. He's one of the guys that like really kept us going and yep. listening to the music oh, when yeah. we... As we mentioned earlier in the pod, yep. we thought there was like this, this is a different phase in our lives. Yeah. You know? So uh, um, I'll just start it from the very beginning, and we'll do some play-by-play yep. as they do, like in basketball and football. Yeah. But um, you know, this is just one of those tracks. Is like maybe we're we're over. Uh, this is definitely our 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 underground opinion. So if, if, if people, for you who's listening, if you're not, I, I sure shoot us because this is really bugged out function. Yeah. What was your reaction when you first heard this? You just nailed it, actually. Bugged out function, you know? This is like 80s electro funk, but like Dilla, but like trippy and abstract, like Moax, like it's just there's so much influence in there and and the way all those influences combined into something like this was something special which by the way i have to give credit to nathan because he's the guy we talked about this with jonathan the mixer john and when we were on dash radio on b junkie radio while everyone is into the down tempo stuff i went far left and went into like up tempo yeah. underground where you guys were on hip hop BBM. Yeah. And when you played this, because I liked the other Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I like like the hip hop soul, which yeah. we'll put into the playlist. Yeah. But I felt this when you played this for me. Yeah. Again, stoned. Yeah. No, but it's stoned or not. You can't deny this. I mean, there's you. You'd have to have no soul not to feel this. There's just no way. It's it's gonna capture your attention. Your you, it just stops you in your tracks. This is that song that you're like, what the fuck is this? Right. Like, I didn't yeah. know they made music like this. Yeah. And and honestly, it's funny because I think about your dad, Uncle Isaac, mm-hmm. when I hear this track, yeah. because it's all that African. Uh, late 70s early 80s electronic dance and you were like one of the few heads that i knew that i could talk about this yeah Yeah. even more yeah you were only so like this this is a poor representation of their more palatable stuff but i love this yeah this is one of their more bugged out stuff oh yeah no it's like it's, it's undeniable something different something very unique to them um, if you can carve out a signature sound that if someone hears it, they know that's a saw raw track and they accomplish this that. is it. This is it. Like there's no one else who's going to make something like this. No one, no one. See, l- l- yeah. let me play one. Um, I'm going to be completely like unprofessional here. Um, here, maybe this. This is veering towards the more commercial stuff. Not commercial stuff, but more palatable stuff. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of distortion there, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I hear a lot of distortion. Or maybe turn down the volume on your phone and then turn up the preamp. Yeah, I hear more static. There you go. Here, let, let me let me play this too. So this is like kind of like some of their more hip hoppy stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With Jay Electronica, yeah. who's like a lyrical god. Yeah. Panoramic, closed caption, fade the black, lights, cameras, action. Michael Jackson crying tears, sniffing lines. Paramount declared the movie of all time. Should I try and play something online? There might be static, like like when tested. get them at the This is. I could just listen to this all day. Have yeah. this shit on repeat right yeah. here. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll close right now. Um, it's S A dash R A. And if you put in S A dash R A. Creative partners, it'll lead you to that. Yeah. The other thing I liked about them too, even just their name, because you you described them mainly as bugged out, right? It almost mimics Sun Ra, and Sun. Sure. You know, that's a jazz legend who's known for just being on some bugged out outer space shit. So, I don't know if that was a if there was any thought in that when Sarah I'm sure there's inspiration know, but Sun Ra Sara there's a lot of parallels there you know so yeah so I think people should, really should there's the Hollywood recording and then there's a double disc compilation mm -hmm. they gotta show love to Sara like if, yeah. if you fell off no that sounds so negative but if you lost touch yeah and you were like formerly like a tribe black sheep kind of head yeah but you also listen to biggie and maybe yeah. even some nwa mm -hmm. this is that post analog purpose of this pod yeah it which is to listen to this yeah but it's turning you on to some shit that might have slipped through the cracks signing off post analog with wait should i call you nqs or rilo or just nathan uh either all NQS, yeah, NQS, I'm all of those things. right? That's true. Because you know? now I'm Billy. I'm really pulling back Nathan's Rilo side, which is his musical yeah. side. Yeah, I like Rilo. I like Rilo. For yeah, this. Rilo is. Yeah. is, is I, yeah. I told you that yeah. before. Like, dear, your musical side. Yeah. But uh, signing off. So don't sleep on Sarah for you old heads. Get it. The Post Analog Podcast for Generation X. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.